0: Uh, the word of God so turn with me to uh, if you have your Bibles Isaiah 53 or if you have your notes we're gonna read Isaiah 53 and we're gonna stop at a very small part of verse 5 Isaiah 53 verse 5 today is actually week number six when we are actually talking about um, shadows of Golgotha that's pictures of the cross in the Old Testament we have arrived to Isaiah 53, and this is week number 6. And we're going to stop at just a very small um, portion of verse 5 today. The portion that says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Let's see who's working and memorizing Isaiah 53. Can somebody quote verse 5 for us so far? It says that, um, but he was, that. that's why we started last week, but he was... Bruised, he was wounded for our, for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. And then it says that the punishment, punishment. Amen. And by his we are healed. You're already a week ahead of time, Wayne. That's awesome. Wait, Wayne is uh, is jumping ahead of the. <laughs> amen. So today we're gonna stop at that part, the punishment that brought us peace. Was upon him. Again, the whole idea of Isaiah 53 is that the nation of Israel looking back at the Messiah and they kind of like it hits them now that they have messed it up. And they have missed who the Messiah is and they have mistreated him the whole time. The concept here again from verse 4 to verse 6, they're contrasting their perception on why the Messiah was suffering on the cross versus the reality of why the Messiah was suffering on the cross. So they say that... We thought that he's being punished, smitten, and stricken by God for his own sins and for his own iniquities. But the fact of the matter is, what we started last week, he was wounded for our own sins. He was crushed for our own iniquities. And they continue to say, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. That will be next week. So today, they they will stop at that part. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. I want to highlight three points in that small phrase. Number one, I want to talk to you guys about the cost of peace with God. And then number two, I want to talk to you about the reason for peace with God. The cost for peace with God. The reason for peace with God. And number three, the recipients of peace with God. Amen? So let's say it together, make sure you follow me. Number one is that cost. Number, Amen. The cost of peace with God. Number two, the reason for peace with God. And number three, the recipients who receive that peace with God. Let's start with number one. The cost that is required for us to have peace with God. What does that verse say? It says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, right? So, what do you think is the cost? What would it take for that peace to be brought to us? He has to be punished. The servant, the servant of the Lord, has to be punished. That punishment was the cost by which, without which, there would have been no peace. Ever available to us. You guys get what Isaiah is trying to tell us right? Without that punishment there would have been no peace for you and me. Amen? It is that punishment that the servant bore on the cross is the only reason that you and I can ever have peace with God. Amen? Now the word for punishment here if you look at it throughout the Old Testament it has more the idea of discipline like when a father is disciplined his child. Because that child did not obey the commandment of his father. Amen. It's kind of like this. <clears throat> I love Micah to pieces. Okay. He's my son. Sometimes he doesn't listen to daddy very well. So um, I tell him Micah don't hit don't Kezia or don't hit Sila. And he doesn't listen. So what happens when Micah doesn't listen to my command to him. Or what I'm asking him to do. I get not happy with him, right? And even though I love him so much, my relationship with him at that moment is a little bit tense, right? Because if I let him get away with it and he go unpunished, then he'll think that it's okay to mistreat his sisters, right? So I have to stand my ground. I have to discipline him at that point. And unless that discipline happens, him and I will always have that Tension, right? So I give him time out or whatever, depending on how much he messed it up, it can get up to the spank. But then after Micah received that punishment, after I spank him or he takes his time out, then I hold him, I tell him how much I love him, and that tension that between him and me has been resolved. Okay, But notice that tension has been resolved for one reason and one reason only. What is it? He took that punishment. If he would have not been disciplined, then that tension between him and I will always be there. You guys follow me? Yes. That's precisely, I believe, what Isaiah is trying to tell us here. God loves us so much; He loves us. He He just adores us. He created us, and He wants the very best for us. But we have committed something called sin. We have broken the law of God, and because we have broken the law of God, God is also holy, and He is just, and He cannot tolerate or accommodate the sin that we have sinned against God. Amen. So, because of our sins, the righteousness and the Wrath of God has been ignited and even though God loves us so much unless that penalty is paid there will be no peace between us and between God you guys follow that yeah. that is the whole point that Isaiah is telling us here that we are not at peace with God anymore because we have provoked his wrath, we have broken his law and unless unless the punishment is going to be paid by the servant, there will never be peace between holy God and sinful man. Amen. That's why Isaiah said in Isaiah 48 verse 22, there is no peace says the Lord to the Wicked, The one who commits sin. The one who practices sin. The one who lives in sin. There is no peace available to that person from God. Because God is holy and his righteous. And the penalty of his sin must be paid. Otherwise there will be no peace between God and between the wicked. Amen. Amen. And that's why in Colossians while it says. And you who were once. Look at this. Alienated and enemies to God. In your thoughts and by wicked works. What Paul is telling the Colossians here is this. You were enemies to God because you will have evil thoughts and you have evil works. Amen? Amen? It doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you're an enemy to somebody, you're not at peace with that person. Amen? And that's the problem with sin. Sin puts us at, at, at odd with God. We are his enemies. Because God cannot tolerate or accommodate sin. Amen. And unless the law and the justice and the righteousness of God is satisfied. There will be absolutely no peace will be available to anyone who sinned against us. Against God. Amen. Amen. The punishment of our Peace, the punishment that brought us peace, was upon Him. If the servant of the Lord would have not bore the punishment that brought us peace, there would have been absolutely no peace available for you and me. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you're here today, and you're trying to make it to God, be right with Him through your own good works, well, bad news for you. There is nothing you can do to make yourself at peace with God. God. Amen? But the good news is the price has already paid when the servant Jesus died on the cross and he already took the punishment that will bring you peace with God. He already paid for that on the cross. Amen? The cost of peace. But number two, let's look at the reason of peace with God or for peace with God. Now Isaiah said that the punishment that brought us peace, where was it? Who took it? It was Upon him, who's that? That's the servant of the Lord. Who's that in the New Testament? That is Jesus. Amen. And we spoke the, about this last week. How there is eleven times, eleven times in in Isaiah fifty three, where we see the servant is suffering in our place as our substitute. He he took our sins upon himself. Amen. And that's one of these 11 times in Isaiah 53 where we see that God has laid on his servant, on Jesus, the penalty, the punishment, the only way that he can ever have peace with sinful man. God has laid that punishment already on his son on the cross. It was upon the... Him. Amen? And if it wasn't for Jesus taking our place on the cross, there would absolutely no way that a sinful man and a holy God can ever have peace together. Amen? Amen. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And if He would have not borne that punishment on the cross, there would have been no peace to you and me between sinful man and a holy God. Amen? And throughout the scripture, we see this theme over and over and over again that peace with God come to sinful man only through the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And apart from him, there is absolutely no peace with God. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are, and it doesn't matter how hard you try. Peace with God can only be found in Jesus. Amen? Let me show you some examples. We we talked about this already. In Leviticus chapter 3. We see an offering that is called the peace offering. The fellowship offering. Amen. If you remember when we talked about it, this is an offering that is being brought to God and this offering is being slaughtered, is being killed in the presence of God and the priests will have part of that offering to eat it and God will have part of that offering to be burned on the altar before him. Amen? So here it is. It is the only way that a holy God and a sinful man can fellowship together, feast together, together on that sacrifice amen notice God and man feasting on the same sacrifice amen Amen. and isn't that precisely what Jesus has done on the cross Jesus died on the cross he took our punishment and because he paid the price now there can be peace between a holy God and a sinful man now there can be a fellowship between a holy God and a sinful man that peace offering was just a type of what Jesus has done for us on the cross amen Example number 2, Isaiah 9, 9, 6. Look at this. This is a prophecy about Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and what his name shall be called, he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of uh, Peace. And that is not just the peace that Christ can bring into your life situations. That's also the peace that Christ can bring to you between sinful man and a holy God. That is the peace that can come from reconciling with a holy and a righteous God. Amen? Amen? It was only, it was only when Jesus was born that we hear this in Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth what? Peace. Where is that peace coming from? It is associated with Christ being born to go to the cross to bear our sins to pay for our punishment and providing that peace with God. That peace comes only through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. Acts 10:36, the word of God sent into the children of Israel, preaching what? Peace. 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 How do you get that peace? Amen. By Jesus. Christ is the only one who can provide peace. Because he's the only one who bore the punishment that brings us peace on the cross. Amen. Right. Romans 5.1 Therefore being justified by faith we have what? Peace with God. This is a very powerful phrase. Very powerful scripture. Paul is saying that the only reason we can ever have peace with God is that we should first be what? Justified we talked about what is justification before can anybody help me out what is justification justification is good good that's all good but that's even higher than all of that a justification is when God looks at you and he doesn't see sin at all just as if you've never sinned in the first place amen like I'll, I'll tell you this example I think I used it before if I have, I put 20 dollars, this is just a funny example, not a real example, okay? I have put 20 dollars by, by, my, by my bedside, and when I go to bed at night, I wake up in the morning, I don't see my 20 dollars. I think immediately of Micah, okay, He took my money. I am not very happy with him. I call him, Micah, come here right away. Where is my 20 bucks?" And Micah would say, Daddy, it fell on the ground, and I put it in the drawer. So I opened the drawer, and the 20 bucks is right there. Amen? Now, Micah has justified his possession. Amen? Amen. Now, do I need to forgive Micah? I don't need to forgive him. He didn't do anything wrong, did he? No, he didn't take the money, right? After Micah justified his where what happened... I look at Micah as if he never sinned in the first place. You guys follow me? When I say I'm forgiving Micah, that means he did the wrong. I just choose to forgive him. Amen? But when Micah is justified, Micah has never even sinned in the first place. Amen? And that's what God has done to you and me through Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he took our place. Yes, God did forgive us through Jesus Christ. But it is way beyond that. God has justified us before Jesus Christ. Amen? It is the very righteousness of Christ that has been imputed to us. Now God looks at you and me and he doesn't see that we have even sinned in the first place. Amen. 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 Now that sin has been abolished and now we have been justified before a holy and righteous God. What is the result of that? We have peace with God. Amen. It is when sin has been eliminated that the peace can come to you and me. Amen? And that's why, that's exactly what Isaiah was telling us in Isaiah 53 verse 5. That the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. If Jesus didn't bear the punishment on the cross, there would have been no peace. Amen? Amen. If we would have not been forgiven and justified before a holy and a righteous God because of Jesus, there would have been no peace with God. Amen? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through the death of Jesus Christ. What does Paul say? What is his wording? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Peace with God is only through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can bring peace to sinful man and holy God. Amen? Amen. Romans ten fifteen and how um, and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who preach the gospel of uh, peace peace. That man now can be reconciled with God. There can be peace between holy God and righteous man. This is the message that you and I have. That Jesus has died on the cross. He the put punish- the punishment on our behalf. And we have good news. You can be made right with God. You can be reconciled with God. You can have peace with God. Because Jesus for the punishment on the cross. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 2.14. This is what Paul said. For he is our peace. peace. Amen? Amen? Your peace is not money. Your peace is not uh, relationships. Your peace is not good job. Your peace is not that you live in America. Your peace is a person and his name is uh, Jesus, Jesus, Christ. Jesus. He is our Amen. peace. And Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 2 and say he is our peace. He reconciled the Jews and the Gentiles together And then as one body he reconciled humanity to God. He is our peace Now when when Paul said that Jesus is our peace this is just an amazing uh, indication or allusion to his deity. Because in Judges chapter, in the footnote here, in Judges 6, 24, we read that Gideon built an altar uh, there unto the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace so to say jesus is our peace this is an indication that he is jehovah of the old testament who is also our peace amen yes. jesus is our peace who reconciled the falling human race with god through the cross when he died and took our sins and our punishment amen yes. colossians 1:20 and having made Peace, that's Jesus, having made peace. How did Jesus make that peace? Through the, Through the blood of his cross. Through the blood of his cross. By his chastisement, we have peace with God. Amen? It's because Jesus died on the cross and bore our sins and paid for our penalties. Now, a holy and a righteous God can be satisfied enough to have peace with sinful, falling human race. Amen? Yes. The cost of peace was the cross. Was that Jesus has to be tortured on the cross for you and me. That's the cost of peace. Amen. Amen. But the only reason that you can ever have peace with God. Is through Jesus and him alone. Amen. Amen. Let's move number three to the recipients of that peace. Look what Isaiah said. Isaiah said that the punishment that brought who? Brought us. So who are the people who receive that peace? You and me. Amen. It is actually the whole falling human race. I know that Isaiah 53, 1-9 is the nation of Israel looking back and talking about how they misunderstood the Messiah. But I believe, and we're going to show you from the scripture, this is just the peace that comes to every falling human soul in this world. Not just to the Jewish people, but to everyone. Amen. Let me show you that. Ephesians 2, 16 to 17. Look what Paul said about Jesus. That he might reconcile both, that's Jews and Gentile, unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemy thereby. Do you see that? That Jesus have killed the enemy between a holy God, between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now we can be one, amen. And then it came and preached peace to you who were afar off, and to them who were nigh. You guys follow what's going on? No? Okay. So Paul is talking to the Gentiles, amen. And he's talking about what Jesus has done on the cross, and he say. You were far away. You weren't close to the kingdom of God. The nation of Israel were close to the kingdom of God. But the Gentiles were far from the kingdom of God. But because Jesus died on the cross. He reconciled both both Jews and Greek. Jews being the near ones. And the Greek being the far away one. Right? And when they both have been reconciled. And as a result of that. Peace can be. Peace can be preached to everyone whether they're far away like the Gentiles Greek or whether they're close like the Jews. Amen? And remember in that time of Paul, the Jews and the Greek were constituting the whole world. In, 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 In the Bible eyes of that time, you belong to one of two categories. You're either a Jew or you're a Gentile and that's it. That's the only two groups that existed at that time. Amen? actually we see that point blank in in Romans 3 um, 9 to 10. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no no wise. For we have before proven that both Jews and Gentiles they are all under sin. So both Jews and Gentiles are under sin as it is written, look at this after Paul has proven that Jews and Gentiles are under sin he's backing that up of scripture and he said there is not right, none righteous, not even one so in Paul's mind Jews and Greek is pretty much the whole world if you belong to the world, you're either a Jew or a Gentile, amen and when we see what he said in Ephesians chapter 2 that after Jesus died and reconciled us with God, now Peace with God can be preached to those who are near, that is the Jewish people, and those who are far, that is the Gentiles. Amen? What I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say that when Jesus died on the cross, he provided... Peace, not just to the Jews, not just to the Gentile, but to every single sinful human being in this world. It doesn't matter how sinful you are or how far away from, from God you are or what is your religious background, you can have peace with God because Jesus died on the cross and he bore the punishment for you and me on the cross. Amen? Yeah. The chastisement of our peace was upon us. Him. Amen. Amen? Amen? Let's close our eyes and pray. Yes, Lord.